Hi, this is Bernie Dake. Welcome to the Salvation Army's Words of Life. Welcome back to Words of Life. I'm Bernie Dake. And I'm Cheryl Gillum. As we continue our highlight reel, one of our favorite series was one on mental health that was launched in August of 2019. We were joined by a counselor who has worked alongside the Salvation Army for many years, Aliada Dawkins. I remember doing that interview right here in our studio, and she's such a beautiful person who's doing incredible work. So we thank you, Aliada, for all that you do for the Salvation Army. On this particular episode from that series, we were joined by another guest, Marcy Camarillo. She was a Salvation Army officer for 14 years before launching into a full-time career as a mental health counselor. In this episode, she and Lori Miller discussed depression and the mental health of young adults and teens. I live in Northwest Arkansas. I have um, spent time in full-time ministry. Um, my husband and I were uh, Salvation Army officers for 14 years, mm -hmm. and it definitely benefits um, what I do today, yeah. definitely. So you say what you do today. Yes. So that's perfect because, yes. tell us, what yeah. do you do today? Um, so I had an epiphany about 14 years ago, mm. and, uh, you know, the Lord really spoke to me about using the skills I already had right. um, to give that back. Mm. Um, I went to grad school and uh, got my master's in counseling, mm. and so I'm a mental health counselor. Um, I'm also a play therapist, yes. and I'm licensed to supervise the new uh, counselors mm. and those in training uh, for play therapy. So I do um, numerous trainings. So you're a busy woman. It's busy. Yeah. It's busy. Well, I, I'm glad to hear all of that because mm -hmm. you come to us right at the perfect time <laughs> because uh, we're really enjoying this series on mental health. And I think it's really, really important. And it's so nice to get a perspective from a professional who's been connected in some way to the church as well. Mm -hmm. And so um, welcome. We're really excited that you're here. And I know that today we really kind of wanted to start or really dig into um, the mental health of adolescents and teenagers. And when I was researching a little bit, I, I read that in the past decade that clinical depression among adolescents, I guess you would say probably 12 to 17, has gone up mm -hmm. quite a bit. Yes. And um, I'm just wondering what your experience has been with that. Is that something you've seen in practice? Is that mm -hmm. something that... Yes, definitely. Um, the last year and year before that, um, before I, I was an administrator, I was a clinical manager, mm -hmm. and I also had a caseload. Right. And I did a lot of hospital discharges. Mm. Um, they were all adolescent right. between 12 and 17. Wow. Uh, 
with a variety of experiences. Mm -hmm. Some of them had um, experienced a lot of home distress. Right. Uh, some had had um, multiple factors impacting why they ended up at the hospital bullying, mm -hmm. um, distress at school, uh, with schoolwork, academia. Yeah. Some had emotional issues that had started very early on in childhood. All of them had trauma, mm. everyone. I'm wondering, I know it's difficult sometimes um, to gauge what is normal, mm -hmm. hormonal, sure. adolescence yes. versus actual um, depression. I, I was reading that out of all of those teens who do suffer serious depression, mm -hmm. only about 9% actually get treatment. So when I interview parents, um, I'm trying to get a baseline of what the last mm -hmm. normal was yeah. and then discuss the changes that have occurred. So uh, with depression, if we're seeing symptoms yes. that have lasted more than a few weeks, mm -hmm. then we're starting to consider, okay, this may be something related to their mental health right. and not to their attitude. Mm. So that's part <laughs> of the difference, having an attitude that... Um, parents don't like right. um, or teachers don't like, that that's not necessarily depression. Sure. That could be that they're learning about themselves and learning right. about the world. Yeah. Um, in the teen years, they're gaining independence, mm. and that's what we want for them, right. for them and from them yes. is um, their display of independent skills. Mm -hmm. So uh, when we see a veering from that, um, if children uh, or adolescents display symptoms that are a little bit more troubling, their, their conversations change, they right. withdraw, um, they may appear to pull back from interests that they had before, right. uh, eating may change, sleeping may change, that's when we're... Adults need to be concerned about that and checking on them. And so I'm thinking from a parental perspective, because yes. I have at one time mm -hmm. um, had five teenagers in my house, and I know that, you know, um, sleep yes. is a very valuable thing right. for them. And so, you know, gauging between what is normal and what is not mm -hmm. um, sleep-wise and what is normal and what is not is difficult. So it it's is. good to, it's helpful so this is true of all of us. Yeah. Um, there are levels of sleep that mm -hmm. we all need to achieve um, <laughs> from the <laughs> cradle to the grave. Um, but for teenagers, they're actually in their last growth spurt, mm -hmm. uh, physical growth spurt. And right. so they, they all need more sleep than they realize. Yeah probably need between eight and ten hours right which is more than an adult and in the world we live in that does not support that right. many hours of sleep uh, with screen time and all the technology around us it's yes. difficult uh, for them to unwind just like for adults it's yeah. difficult 100 percent of all the teens that i did these interviews with who were hospital discharges mm. had sleep disturbance. Mm. And so the brain is not able to function. We have plenty of research mm. that um, supports uh, the necessity of sleep for proper brain function, just like rebooting a, a computer. And it's just not happening for a lot of people.
We're tied to our telephones. Yes. And I'm wondering about the impact on that. You know, as adults, we can we can sort of manage that. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering about the impact on the adolescent brain. Um, and I'm thinking about things like um, Instagram mm-hmm. that paint such a perfect picture. They're mm-hmm. all looking, my daughter, constantly looking for the perfect picture. Mm-hmm. A- and they're all watching this happen. Yes. Um, and thinking that everyone else's life is perfect. Mm-hmm. And then it opens up a world of hurt for people to comment and say whatever they'd like because there's this level of anonymity. And so I'm wondering about the impact of social media on depression and anxiety for adolescents. Um, Yeah, our methods of communicating um, are more complex in Mm -hmm. some ways, and yet they're more shallow in other ways. And so reality is uh, not the basis Mm -hmm. uh, on which um, adolescents may make decisions about themselves and others and the world, and that can be dangerous. Um, The way their parents interact with them and and interact with social media is important. I think parents are the starting point for that, setting some parameters around that modeling it themselves. Mm-hmm. They have to practice what they preach for the, before the kids will buy into That's right. it. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. So you're, what would you suggest for parents just at this stage of life as far as allowing for independence, but also maintaining the structures that it seems they need? So outside of modeling it themselves, some very strong conversations, yeah. expectations that start super early, long before adolescence arrives. Right. Um, if parents haven't had conversations by then, um, it, it just becomes so much more difficult. Yeah, I've seen right. children addicted mm. to um, technology mm-hmm. and um, don't think that it's not like drugs and alcohol and other oh, things. Sure. It is very much like that. Um, so that conversation with them very early on and the relationship, Mm. the relationship will win the day. That's right. I'm curious about, um, the connection between parental mental health and the mental health of children and adolescents. Is there a connection there? So I, I would say that parent mental health sets the stage for the child's good mental health. So good, strong mental health. Now, it is on a continuum. It's on a continuum because um, we all have had seasons Mm -hmm. of rises and falls in our mental health, just like anything else. I've had the flu how many times in my life and so have experienced some uh, anxiety. I've had a couple of times when I've, I've experienced depression. Now I can look back and say I'm thankful mm-hmm. to that I experienced that so right. I can know right. the physical uh, symptomology and say that I really know it because right. I experienced right. it. I think it would I, I would think and you can correct me if I'm wrong that it would be valuable to model that in life we have seasons. Yes. I you know um, I think sometimes maybe in the church yes. what we portray or what we expect is is happy perfection, um, mm-hmm. in particular with teenagers, and uh, you know, praise and worship, and we smile and sure. we raise our hands and we're dressed nicely. And yes. I, I wonder if if that's a disservice sometimes. Mm-hmm. Whereas, if we can have conversations 
at home or in the church with our own children about, yes, this is life. You know, Mm -hmm. it's okay. It's normal to experience Mm -hmm. deep sadness in life because, you know, look at Scripture. Yes. Look at David and the Psalms. You can hear it all over there. So I think, I wonder what your perspective is on that in regard to modeling. Yes normal ups and downs of life mm-hmm. and how we deal with that in the church. Yeah. Uh, the conversation has to be there. Yeah, I think so. It needs to be there. After a tragedy or in the midst of a trauma, um, we'll hear people say, I wish I'd known mm-hmm. I could have been helpful right. or I wish I'd known how to help. Yeah. It is important that we open up the conversation and keep it there. The Salvation Army's mission, Doing the Most Good, means helping people with material and spiritual needs. You become a part of this mission every time you give to the Salvation Army. Visit SalvationArmyUSA.org to offer your support, and we'd love to hear from you. Email us at radio at uss.salvationarmy.org. Call 1-800-229-9965. Or write us at P.O. Box 29972, Atlanta, Georgia, 30359. Tell us how we can help. Share prayer requests or share your testimony. We would love to use your story on the air. You can also subscribe to our show on iTunes or your favorite podcast store. And be sure to give us a rating. Just search for The Salvation Army's Words of Life. Follow us on social media for the latest episodes, extended interviews, and more. And if you don't have a church home, we invite you to visit your local Salvation Army Worship Center. They'll be glad to see you. This is Bernie Dake inviting you to join us next time for the Salvation Army's Words of Life.